Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Worldwide. I am your host, Vic Muscat. With me today, part of the studio, is the hardcore legend himself, Mad Max. How you doing, sir? Doing fine, gentlemen, doing fine. I hear Cactus Jack is hiding from you. <laughs> I'll take his other ear. <laughs> and with us today is international sensation, all the way from Sweden. Markets of Man. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing brilliant. Sweden, by way of the Isle of Man, I'll let you know. That's my official hometown and actually where I'm from as well. Also, oh, that's how you got your name going, you know, your name plus... Yeah, oh. yeah. Man, the Markets of Man thing isn't just a gimmick. Uh, I am, I've got a quiz question for you guys. So maybe we could do it right now if you want to do it. Sure. Okay. So I thought for a long time that I was the only professional wrestler from the Isle of Man. But in wrestling history, there is one more. There's one more wrestler who was born in the north of England, but he got his training and grew up on the Isle of Man. Who is the other wrestler? He was in WWF, wasn't he? He, he never made it to WWF, but he was in ECW, and he was a staple up in Canada, where he's now he's, he's retired and he's a police officer. He wrestled a lot in all Japan pro wrestling. That's the only clues I'm going to give you guys. Jeez, oh, I'm having a brain fart right now. I I can I'm thinking of someone, but I know it's not him. All right, I all right, Vic, what, what would your guess be, mate? What would your guess be? I know uh, Rico became a professional wrestler and he retired mm. and became a police officer, but he's an officer in Las Vegas area. Exactly. He's like, I think he's California all the way through. He was on American Gladiators as well before yeah. he went on to the, yeah. So the wrestler, he became the tag partner of Dynamite Kid after the whole British Bulldog split and they had that legal issue who owned the name, the Bulldogs. So they become, they became the name, uh, the British Bruisers in all Japan pro wrestling and became like a tag team there. Uh, so the wrestler is Johnny Smith, if you've heard of him. I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah. Technical yeah. wrestler from England. Uh, so he lived and grew up in the same hometown, not just the same island called Port Aaron on the Isle of Man. Uh, he wrestled up until I think the year 2000, 2001. I think he had like heart issues in the ring and he's, uh, he's living in Canada now and a police officer. Huh. Nice little transition from wrestler to police officer, you know, gotta pay the bills. Yeah, you've got to do that. You've got to be good at dealing maybe with groups of people, crowd control and stuff. It's the same same skill set. Uh, so currently, I'm the I'm the only pro wrestler from, from the Isle of Man. Because you're the best. The, 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 best, the best and the only one. No one else dares to <laughs> take up the mantle. So what got you into professional wrestling? So I uh, first watched wwf in the early 90s with my friend uh when i was i was living like in the uk in the isle of man we had something called like sky tv and they were showing like wwf superstars and one of my clearest first memories is seeing macho man randy savage on the top rope jumping off and doing the big elbow drop and uh you know pinning some enhancement guy and winning and i thought you know with his outfit and his charisma and everything he did i thought yeah he's the the coolest guy uh, so me and my friend were about four or five at the time, I think, uh, went into the back garden and started jumping like off the back wall into some bushes trying to do the elbow drop. So that was my first like I'm hooks. Like, what is this wrestling thing? Because I thought it was amazing the first time I saw it. 
I gotta ask right away. What's your favorite Motorhead song? Let's <laughs> do this one. Um, I like uh, "We Are the Road Crew" by Motorhead. That's a good, decent one. Yeah, that's the one. It's like everyone like things are like oh, Overkill, or they think oh, it's Ace of Space, but it's like on a few of the. I think it's like a later one. And it's like the song, if you guys haven't heard it, it's like, it's obviously another like heavy, fast thrash song, but it's just talking about being on the road, like being either a roadie and being on the road crew, going to another places, you know, going to another show, seeing the people doing the thing and then back on the road and doing things again. And like that song um, is very much also describes like the wrestling life. Obviously, there's so many similarities by being on a road crew or being there, going to a place, doing a show packing up all the stuff or getting in a car, driving to another place, you know, another bloody foreign coast, whatever they say, and then doing another show there and like heading on and then, and then heading home. So it's uh, no, it's a cool song. Yeah. Ace of Spades sounds like, if someone says Ace of Spades sounds like that's your generic answer. You don't know Motorhead. No, you know? no, like, exactly. But you apparently do. So I applaud you for that. No, it's, it's a brilliant battle of like Moorhead and, and Hawkwind. Uh, Lemmy's like band before that one. Uh, it was based on the singer as well. It's also a great band. But I like a lot of like the new uh, new wave of British heavy metal bands from the from the early eighties. Um, so yeah. So growing up, was Macho Man Randy Savage your favorite wrestler, or if not, where were some of your favorite wrestlers? Well, it was like Macho Man was, but British Bulldog as well. I think a lot of us, like growing up in the early 90s, it was kind of like, now we realize that WWF were very much like marketing it towards us. It's like, oh, you're going to like um, say the British Bulldog, he's the star. And um, a lot of hype around like SummerSlam 92 when they did the whole show at Wembley. And it was built around, you know, the, the British Bulldog, Bret Hart match. Um, there's like a lot of, lot of hype around it and a lot of, um, he is the big star from England. So he was like one of like the early favorites. Uh, and then when I was getting older, like into wrestling more and more, like trying to search out different wrestling things. When I was younger, like in my early teens, then I started watching like ECW wrestling and like buying the VHS tapes uh, to watch like, like Raven, Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Uh, these like my early influences. Wrestling. Old ECW days were great. I was thinking about oh. the other. That's the type of electricity throughout the crowd. Each event hmm. that is never going to be duplicated again. No, it's um, yeah, no, definitely. I just remember like going to the shops and buying these tapes because it was like they were in like the odd aisles of like the shops in, in England, like not like sports and not like other things. It's like kind of like the X-rated file. And then they had like some really strange names of the tapes. <laughs> She'd buy them and one was called like um, Big Ass Extreme Bash was one of them with Mick Foley on the front of it. And you're like, you look at the receipt and you think, what did I just buy? Or what did the person like in the shop think that I just bought? I was just, I just want to see hardcore wrestling. I just want to see Mick Foley, you know, beating up the Sandman in a Texas death match. Um, but yeah. Wrestling tapes were always next to the pornography. It was like, yeah, it was like odd things, like you know, car crashes, other stuff, like very niche things, then wrestling, and then ECW wrestling, like there, and like nobody's buying that apart from like, I think I was like the only one in my like town searching that stuff out. I, I hope there was a cover on that box that said, it's just a blank VHS tape that goes, big ass, extreme dash. That's one. I was like, that's when I just I remember buying. I was thinking, if anyone, if like anyone who sees me now who doesn't know that I'm so into wrestling will be like, you know, what's this guy into? What is he watching? 
Um, but yeah, but those like the early like ECW ones, and then I went back and it was kind of like the era. And I don't know, I don't know how old you guys are, um, but in the era when I was like getting into wrestling a lot was when like VHS was going over to DVD. So DVDs were expensive, and people were like, you know, they're the ones you can buy, and they're like lots of money to, to buy. But everybody was like just like putting the VHS as like, okay, this is a dead medium, and giving them to like secondhand shops and stuff. So like all those like really like cheap shops had loads of VHSs because people were interested anymore. But me as like a 15 year old wrestling fan, I was like, I've got a video cassette thing. I can just get like all the old uh, cassettes for like hardly any money. And I've got my own like basically WWE network at the time of like a few hundred hours of wrestling content, which was really cheap. I mean, I'm, I'm so old. I remember back of wrestling magazines. You know, you clip the ad, you put your money in, money order, because they only took, took money orders, yeah. and you mail it to it. You get a blank VHS tape, no label, nothing. And yeah. you just put the VCR and you just have the, the event. But that's how old I am. <laughs> I remember. When, I mean, you don't seem, you don't seem old. You seem about the same age as I am around about, but I'm not, uh, we won't discuss ages here. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I have no problem saying my age, and you can just say, Anything you want. I'm 45. You're 45. All right. I'm I'm 37. I'm okay, trying so. to look younger than I am. So yeah. we're around he the does, same he, area. He finds out I'm a lot older and he's like, oh, okay, I'm 37. I'll talk about my age. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I waited for you to go first, dude? I'm working. To me, I thought you would like be in early 30s. Oh, cheers. Cheers. My body's telling me I'm 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 much older than, <laughs> than I am. Yeah, I'm feeling old man. Uh Mad Max, I didn't even ask you about that. So, Randy Sorry. Savage got you into professional wrestling to mm -hmm. get you involved. Yeah. Who trained you and how old were you? Right. So, there is a couple of different things like my wrestling influence in this. And this will go back to, to Johnny Smith as well, who I mentioned at the start. Uh, he was trained by a guy called Ted Bentley. And he was in the like the shooter pits in like Wigan. If you've heard of like the, the middle of England, there's like a town where it's like traditional people wrestling, and like all the British wrestlers came from there. One of the guys, he, he was a character in the 60s called Dr. Death. And he retired and he moved to the Isle of Man. And that's where he trained Johnny Smith. And me and my parents, when I was really young, when I was like eight or nine. We used to go to to this like this pub tavern place like every Sunday, and there would this be this old fellow going around. And he was like, "Yeah, I was I was the wrestler. I was doing this." And we were like, "No, nah, he's just he was just kidding around. Nobody believed he actually was the wrestler." But he was the first guy like telling me and talking about wrestling, and he's the guy who trained Dynamite Kid and British Bulldog. But at the time, I'd talk with him, and I was thinking he's just making up stories. So if I knew then, like, you know, what I knew now, I would have asked him so much more and like to try to get interested in that. Um, so he's the first like contact I had with wrestling. Uh, the first time, and yeah, back to what you were saying, Vic, about the wrestling magazines. Uh, Power, Slam uh, yeah, Power Slam magazine in the UK, they also had stuff like in the back pages of like, this is a wrestling school in England that you can go to. And they had a few different ones, like NWA, uh, Hammerlock, uh, which is in Kent, and the one I ended up going to for a few times was called the FWA, and it's down on the south coast of England in Portsmouth. Uh, some of the people who came out of there are 
Uh, oh, do you remember Birchall? He was the pirate Birchall in WWF. Yeah, he was trained there. Yeah. Uh, so I went over there. They had like weekend camps, but because I'm from an island, I couldn't be there like a longer time and train. So I had to book in some times when I was 17, fly over there and do like a weekend camp and run the ropes and take bumps, do all like the basic stuff to kind of get my foot in the door. Um, so that was my first like, experience like in a ring actually wrestling. Um, but the first time like I got like continuous training and then get to actually go and match was in, it was, yeah, 2005. Um, I was working, I was in the Isle of Man. I had like a regular job, but a company called All Star Wrestling, remember Brian Dixon in the UK, is like the longest running continuous promotion there. He was having like, um, they call them like, like summer camp shows. So they go to like different holiday resorts. And he was doing like a weekly run every Monday on the Isle of Man. Uh, so I'd go there and I'd be, I was 18 at the time. And I was like pestering him. I was like, oh, can I like work the show? Can I do something here? Trying to be like, yeah, I'm smart. I know what the business is like. Um, and he let me go there like when they set up the ring and train in the ring with the guys who were there. Uh, so it's people like, um, like Dean Allmark. The guy called, he's wrestling now quite a lot. You guys know Dean Ormark? No, okay, um, Brody Steele, a Canadian wrestler. We wrestled a lot over yeah, there. Yeah, big guy. Um, who else was there? Like uh, James Mason. Uh, but there were like a lot of like the good like UK guys who were there. They let me go in the ring and, and train with them. Like I like a no, no right. It's just like an 18 year old kid just trying to talk and be smart, but they were like very like giving, let me have the time there to learn the basics. And it was all leading up to like the end of the summer season, uh, the last Monday of their run it was like the first Monday of September, 2005. And the promoter Brian Dixon said, yeah, I could be in the Battle Royal on the show. Um, but the, yeah, the week before that, they had Brian Danielson on the show as well. <laughs> so I wish I was on the show with him, um, but it wasn't. Uh, so I, that was my first like introduction to be like in a proper match was in 2005, like in my hometown on the Isle of Man in a battle royal. How did your first match go? Oh, uh, how how do you think uh, an 18 year old kid, wet behind the ears, uh, in his hometown, really excited? How do how do you think it went for me in a battle royal? Well. I think you know the nerve. I think I know actually. I think you did all right. I think the nerves though before going in had it been killing you. It it was it was a it was a a big thing. And like um, the promoter's daughter, who was the announcer as well for the show, you know, she said to me like beforehand, she's like, "Do you make sure you come up to me and let me know if any of the guys rough you up in the ring because you know they're not." meant to do that but they might try and take advantage and i was like yeah i'm already nervous and now now i'm thinking of that as well um <laughs> but it went because <laughs> she was you know she had the best intentions um but when it got in the ring yes i mean it was it was fun i mean obviously it went so so quickly with everything there was like people coming in doing different things uh but the one guy who was like the ring general for the match was uh it's one of the trainers in nxt right now actually uh robbie brookside you guys know him? Yeah, I know. I've heard of him. Robbie Brookside used to tag with uh, William Regal uh, back in the day in England. One of Regal's good friends. So he was like the, the general in the match. So he's the guy who's who will, will pick you out and say, right, right, lads, it's your time to get out of the ring. 
Um, so, yeah, so he was the one who went and found me in the battle royal. I was there, you know, trying to punch people in the corner, trying to do what I was trying to do. He came and grabbed me at the back of the head and was like, right, kid, it's your time to go now. We're like, oh. But he took care of me and, and threw me out of the ring. He was one of the nicer people in the ring. Another one of the people like just grabbed my gear, which was this makeshift that I bought the same day and from a shop, and then just ripped my pants off, <laughs> and just, you know, ripped aside. But uh, no, it was a fun and it was a really good experience. Uh, I'm like very thankful I got the chance to do that at, at like 18 to be in a, a match for All-Star. This might be a dumb question, but do you prefer being a face or a heel? Because you're a maybe heel. Is there other times that are there times that you're a face? So there's one time a year I like liken it to being being like Santa Claus in a way. It's really weird. So I'm a bad guy. I'm a heel all year round, and then one time a year I go back to my home country, and I'm like the hometown hero for all the kids there. So I'm like an evil an evil bastard all year round. And then, you know, I put on my gear, which is red as well. Got another Santa Claus, like, similarity there. I go into the ring and I wave the flag and I'm like the patriotic hero. You know, I'm like the Manx version of Jim Duggan. Everyone's like, yay, we love him. And then I've got to kind of reprogram my brain in wrestling because I'm, I'm used to wrestling as a heel. Like, as the bad guy all the time, drawing the heat from the crowd. And then I've got to be, you know, down, like, staying down and trying to draw them in and get a sympathy for them and, like, go against my instincts um so yeah one time a year you know i am a baby face and i'm like the, the super hometown hero and every other territory i'm in whichever character i use i'm i'm the bad guy it's really weird okay i got a question once you once you're the face and then you leave there is it hard to go back to your heel position or it's, do you forget it's 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 hard with like the social media stuff because usually when I've done that, I've got a lot more people who are following and I've been trying to like hype up that match when I'm going back home. And a lot of like kids are like, oh, it's brilliant. And they're taking pictures with me there. And then I'm suddenly like, oh, but the match I've got in two weeks, I'm going to be this asshole doing this and beating down this guy <laughs> shaving his head. So I've got to be like, thank you for cheering me, kids, but fuck you. <laughs> now it's like, you know, uh, now I'm going to be serious. I'm, I'm evil again. So that's kind of weird, like having one social media account and, and the character switches so like violently from one to the other. Um, so it's it's difficult, but it's kind of like it's it's good. It's good for me, like having the experience of being a babyface as well in a bigger setting, because I'm also uh, I'm also like a trainer uh, for a lot of wrestlers here in, in Sweden. So it's good for me to be like, OK, get the experience as well. Uh, how to be a babyface and remind myself of this. I'm like, oh yeah, this this works in here, and and you've got to have this, and you've got to have your fire. You've got to be, and when you're going to go up and do your, your you know your big moves, your, your three or four things, and your comeback, it's got to be you've got to hit it, and you've got to have your stamina for doing this to get the crowd with you. Um, so it's 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 good to do that, but it does mess with my mind a bit to be the the good guy every now and again. Well, it's like the mid '90s with the Heart Foundation. You know, they were heels in the States, but when they go to Canada, they're like heroes. Yeah. And it was always like weird watching that. But, you know, the hometown loves you. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I'm, uh, I'm building up to for something big this year. I don't know if we could talk about this a little bit later. I don't know how much like time we've got or stuff for things. So we still got to get another half hour. Okay. 
So I can maybe talk about this now before I get into things I do in Sweden. So uh, if that's okay with you guys. Um, got a contact with a guy who, who runs the promotion who is doing like the big shows on the Isle of Man. And he's, uh, they recently redesigned their belt. So they run all over England and all over like the UK, up and down Scotland and Ireland. And they redesigned the belt and it's a lovely looking belt for Mega Slam. It's like got the main things there and the flags on the sides, you know, kind of like the NWA belt, but for the UK. Uh, the Isle of Man is, is not technically its own country, but we kind of sort of are. And it's got my Isle of Man flag on this belt. So I put up a post the other day and I was like, it wouldn't be great if I get a shot at this belt. So he's put it out there and I'm going to be in this summer, hopefully on a few dates there in the UK. If I do well and if I get some wins on that one in the autumn, I'm going to be able to have a huge title match for the, for the Mega Slam heavyweight title on my home turf in my hometown so it's hopefully going to be like the biggest match in my in my career and hopefully i'll be able to to take on the gold on that one speaking about the gold how did your icw championship match turn out i was this close big i was this close <laughs> right this close <laughs> oh, oh text i was reaching out for the ropes man you know you know me man i was this close, and then this guy who I'm having this feud with, he pulled back the rope from the outside. I was going to get a legitimate rope break. Uh, and he pulled me back in the ring. Uh, Leighton Buzzard, the ICW champion, he pulled me back in the ring, locked on that sharpshooter, yanked it up. And I mean, you'd have done the same thing, man. Mad Max, you'd have tapped out as well. This ICW champ, this guy, Leighton Buzzard, have you seen him on the WWE network? He's amazing. He's, he's going to be one of the big stars in the future, believe me. Now, did you actually did you, tap out or were you like reaching for the ropes? Because sometimes you reach for the ropes, you know, it's like, uh, and the referee's like, that's a tap. And you're like, no, I was, I, was reaching for, I was reaching for the ropes. And then this other wrestler came out from a feuding with and a couple of the promotions and he actually pulled the rope back so I couldn't get to it. And like, it wasn't, wasn't Leighton Buzzard's fault at all. But, you know, he took advantage of the situation, pulled me back in the middle of the ring, cinched that thing up really hard and... You know, I had to tap out. But I, I lost to the better yeah. man on the day, I'll tell you. Would you consider that that your opponent that you wrestled that time, would you consider him a hooker or a shooter? Leighton Buzzard. I'd say, you know, he's a shooter, but his his talent is in his, his raw athletic ability. His talent is what he what he brings to the table he's he's only i think he's only 24 and he's been wrestling since he was 18 and he is really like getting to the stride and getting to his top now he wants to be a traveling world champion like the champions of old so the icw promotion the insane championship wrestling is based in scotland he's uh he's been wrestling he's won a junior heavyweight title this week in ireland he wrestles all over the UK. He's wrestled in three or four countries. In the last 10 days, I think he's wrestled in four or five countries in Europe, including the match with me now. And next week, he's wrestling Will Ospreay in Southampton in England. And then the, wow. in two or three weeks, he's going over to Canada to do a, a tour there. So, you know, he's the guy, man. So what's the, someone's trying to steal your name or someone... Oh, you want to say hi? You want to say hi? You can say hi. Say hi. Hello. Oh, hello. My little IT director. from Sweden. <laughs> Sweden. 
Now, what, if you don't mind me asking, what do you consider your style or technique of wrestling? Yeah, uh, my style is, is harkens back like to the old British style, like a technical style, which I try and technical. do there. Yeah, I like to work a body part. I like to work the leg. Uh, my finisher is a modified single leg Boston Crab, which I call the three legs of man. Um, so what I try to do is work, work body parts at the start of the match, get an opponent down, uh, you know, use the tactics I have to use, uh, break down the leg and the knee, and then finish them off with a submission. So I'm a, a technical, technical wrestler is what I try and do. But uh, I've been known to do a lot of brawling as well in my time. What do you prefer? Your style? What would you mainly use? I mean, hardcore or technical no. or high flying? Uh, I'd say definitely technical, but what I try and do is I try and find what the promotion wants because I wrestle on a lot of different promotions in Europe uh, and especially Northern Europe with the crowds that we have, they're not so used to wrestling. There's a lot of people like not growing up with wrestling as a regular thing. They see it more of a sideshow or more of a, a novelty. And with those kind of crowds, um, you, you want to work the more like the, the charismatic style. They want to see characters. They do want to see like big moves and big actions. But you, they'll pop as much for, like, if you take a headlock, get someone off, and give them a shoulder tackle. And if you do that one well in the right timing, they'll pop as much for that as if you're going to do, like, three different types of hand and arm reversals. And, you know, you can learn a lot of different technical things, but that audience won't react to that at all. So even if you can do that in a match, it won't be needed. I mean, it won't be necessary, and it might actually be detrimental to your match. Uh, in those cases is there a match coming up with your name on the line yeah so i've been having a feud oh here we go i've been having a feud with a fella called shutfash and his name is a joke in swedish you can see it there with letters and the dots over it oh there's me there by the lake in sweden kaboom so we've been having a feud going back and forth. That's my chair, it's called Hard Brexit. I smash people with it. Um, and my feud with this guy is he's got a, a, a name and it's not a real name. It was a name that the fans chose for him as a joke. And his name is Schöpfersch, which in English means minced me. His name in Swedish is literally minced me. But the crowd loved to chant his name because the crowd themselves came up with the name. And I think he's a joke as a wrestler. Uh, I truly do. And you can see there, he hasn't got much hair left. You're so smart. I had a hair versus hair match with him at the end of last year, and I shaved his hair off. Then he wanted to rematch <laughs> with me. He cheated, you know, obviously. Uh, distraction, my manager, bumbling fool, he sprayed hairspray in my face, and I got rolled up. That's me holding his hair, my, my prize, my trophy, laughing. I'm laughing at his girlfriend at the time. It's like, I've made your boyfriend bald and ugly. But then he, he did get a win. Oh, that's me shaving his head. So I got a win against him. And then he got a win against me. He wants the right to win his name back. So he doesn't want to be called Mincemeat anymore. I'm not sure why. I think it's a lovely name for him. But he wants to earn a real name. So we're going to have a what's in a name match. It's very Shakespearean. If he wins, he gets to get a real name. He gets to become a real boy. If I win, 
he and everyone else in the promotion has to refer to me as the Lord of man. It's no longer just a Marcus man, the Lord of man. Um, if you check Wikipedia, Lord of man is an actual title. It's basically the king of the Isle of Man, which at the moment is King Charles III, which it really shouldn't be. You know, they should have had some sort of election or something like to prove that I should be the king and the Lord of the Isle of Man after Queen Elizabeth died, clearly. So he looks scrawny. I mean, he doesn't look like, I mean, he might be a fighter. I mean, you never, you know, you know, take a, a dummy lightly, so to speak, but, you know, it, look at Butch. Exactly. WWE. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Don't underestimate people. No, uh, if we could talk, if we could talk a little bit behind the curtain with that one, um, the guy who is the guy shut for she's been wrestling now about a year. Uh, I'll say that I've had quite a bit to do with his uh, his coming up in the business, let's say. Um, he came to me for some of his first wrestling lessons, and he's coming along really well. And he is going to be one of the talents you're going to see, like hopefully coming out from Sweden now. He had his first like international match this weekend, wrestling in Finland, you know, over the, over the pond there from Sweden to Finland. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping for like big things from him. But he won't beat me on that match. <laughs> I can't see. I can't see you losing that match. That that's my personal opinion. That's... Uh, cheers, Vic. You've always got my back. I like it. So, what so, is one of your me greatest memories of your best match that you consider you you it pops in your head automatically? I was about to ask that question, Max. We're on the same page here. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'm gonna say one of my one of my best. Uh, yeah, as as Marcus of Man, I was gonna say I've got another character as well. We might get into that in a bit. But um, as as Marcus of Man, when I'm wrestling, um, it would be the match after I won like the Stockholm. The Stockholm Wrestling is my home promotion where I wrestle for the most. So I won the title there called the, like, the Stockholm Wrestling Title. And I won the belt uh, like in a very quick fashion. But the match after that, I was wrestling a guy called uh, Dimitri, they call him like the beast from the East, uh, a really good wrestler from, from Belarus. Uh, yeah, Belarus is the name of the country now. Vitrisland, we call it Swedish. And he is a really good like talent, American football player turned wrestler, as a lot of the good ones are. So I had a title defense against him and it was like a, like a 25 minute match for the title in a really good arena uh, in Stockholm, like in like near central Stockholm. And it was just before the, like the lockdown. It was just like February, 2020. And I was like, I felt myself like, this is when I was, like, I felt like at my peak for wrestling, I was the champion. I was in the main event, putting on long matches um got all the, all the stuff my signature things in had the crowd with me the thing all the way they thought he was going to win and then i pull it out at the end and it's like i think that was like one of my like peak matches uh, to see and that's that's available on youtube to find as well if you guys want to look it up on the stockholm wrestling channel so what's something that you know now that you wished you knew when you first started wrestling it would be definitely to relax and take your time more. Like a lot of things you're thinking like, 
you're thinking of the next move all the time. It's like, what do I have to do? And what would I plan? And what were we going to do with the next thing? How do we get to the next part? Instead of like living in the moment, taking a minute and like looking out at the audience, you know, you know where you're going to go. You know, you know the moves and how your body moves, how your opponent's going to move. Take your time, get the audience involved. The audience are there to see to see a wrestling show. And wrestling isn't like an MMA or boxing or like sporting event. They're there to get a connection with you as the wrestler. They're there and their focus is on what you guys can give them. And it's not just in the moves, it's in your entire presentation. So I'd say like, and those early matches take a little bit more time, feel the moment, look at the audience, work with the opponent in a way to make the match you understand we make the match bigger by slowing it down not thinking about the next move how do the fans usually you know respect the business or has a fan ever like trace they kind of cross that line and try to take you out there's some weird stuff as i say the fans in sweden a lot of the times because I, i wrestle mostly in stockholm sweden like in the main capital city here And it's a very like multicultural, diverse city with lots of different types of entertainment. So in Stockholm, you got a lot of like like the hipster kind of people going there, not knowing what is this thing that is wrestling. They think it's cool. I think it's funny. Some people think it's like, just corny and terrible and they don't go back. Some people just get really, really into it. And there was one time there was like a tag match. It was like a six man tag. So it was like one of these spend like a lot of time in the apron. And like people started coming up like from the audience and just slapping my ass when I was on the apron. <laughs> I was like, do these people know, you know, this is we could turn around and, and do whatever to you guys. But they just some of the people, and I think that I might have had a few too many to drink as well, but it's like they wanted to test and see, like, okay, how far can we go with these wrestlers? And you get that kind of audience members sometimes. Um but yeah, I've had like that times like standing in in the face in front of people like you know, giving them a lot of like the heel banter, the heel stick and seeing their eyes like turning like angry red and thinking they could, they might throw a punch soon. And I'm thinking, what, what will I do if they do that? There's been times. It shows you're doing your job right. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make them believe. If they think I believe what I'm doing and I can make them angry genuinely, that's going to create a reaction. Well, it's just like that video clip you sent me. I was just like, Man, he's an asshole. Man, he's doing his job. I, I recognize if you're an asshole and it's like you're doing your job right. Because if you're just like, oh, he's a good guy, then it's like, wait a second, you may be not heal enough for the business. But if someone looks at you at your match is like, what an asshole. You're doing your job right. Yeah, I think, I think that's what's needed in this business nowadays more and more. Obviously, one people a lot of people talk about is, is MJF and what he's doing. Um, a lot of people, um, loads of people can like name so many promos and moments and bits he's done, but you ask people, like, okay, what, what was his best matches of 2022? What was his top five matches? People like, did he even have five matches in 2022? People like, but they remember what's important. They remember like what, what he made them feel. And that's what made him one of the top stars of that era, not all the matches he did or all the different moves he did. That's that's just a, a byproduct of the strength of his character, I'd say. Yeah, I can I can think of one match that he had really good in 2022. Now mm-hmm. it's a dog collar match with CM Punk. Yeah, yeah, 
That's the one. That, other than that, it's like, yeah, he won the title. Other than that, you're just like. But couldn't you also say his entire 2022, you could also, as a simile for how a wrestling match should be, if you remember two huge big spots and how they made you feel, but you remember the rest of it was good. You don't have to know, oh, yeah, he did this headlock takedown to a double flip, double thing. That, no, you remember this was a dog collar match, and this made you feel this. And it was this other match that made you feel this. And then the promos in between is the character work. Exactly the same as a match, I'd, I'd say. I agree, because I didn't even think about that, about his greatest matches until you brought it up. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Wait a second here. Yeah, because he's so entertaining, so asshole-ish that you don't, don't think about, you know, what type of matches he actually had. Yeah. I mean, he's doing, he's doing it right, man. He's doing it right. Him and Dan Housen, the two best people on AEW right now, according to me, I think. But. Yeah, definitely. So, in your entire wrestling career, if you could sum it up using one word, what what would that word be and why? I'd like to say vicious, and I don't know why, but that's what came to my, my mind spontaneously. So I'll say vicious, and I will try and I will try and quantify that. So I try and be, yeah, real in what I what I do. I try and make people believe that what they're seeing is is my genuinely feeling at that time. Whether I am the good guy, doing that maybe viciously going after my opponent, doing what I'm doing, or if I'm the heel going after a body part, and I want to make the audience believe that the guy I'm trying to break the leg or the knee of might not walk again after this. So yeah, vicious. That's a good word. Everyone has always had a different answer to that. That's what I like about that question. Yeah. That's a, so in five years, where do you see yourself? Five years, I want to be I want to be running my own training facility. Basically like half time. So it would I be be my job maybe to 50% of my time and I would do something else for the rest of the time. I think maybe I will leave the, the active thing in the ring to a couple of matches, maybe one match a month or something, but focus on passing on my knowledge and getting the next generation ready to, to take on the world from Scandinavia. Because we've already got some, some big stars making some big waves as it is now. So I just want to continue with that because that's – that's given me a lot, a lot more than my own like things that I've done in wrestling. Have there ever been matches to you that's your favorite? We talked about you know your your important matches. What about your favorite matches? My favorite ones that I've had. Uh, I had a, a feud with a wrestler called Alice Inc. She is the current WXW Women's Champion. Uh, and we've had a, a feud, a few, a couple of feuds in Stockholm wrestling with me and my as my other character, which I am. Uh, I also play Demon Lock. You might have seen him somewhere on Instagram. Um, not everybody knows that's me, so don't tell anybody, guys. I'm sure that's being uh, I anyway. <laughs> I I'm not gonna. Well, we reignited our feud last year, and that was a huge thing so i made my marcus of man character just change slightly for a different promotion i i decided I'll, I'll go like he goes crazy like he just completely loses his mind um so the character changed a bit 
and we ended up having having a feud forward and backwards and it ended up in a Alice in Chains match. So we came up with a name because we thought Alice in Chains, it's going to be like a cool name. She's called Alice Inc. You could either do Alice Through the Looking Glass or Alice in Chains. And we were like, well, we don't have broken glass. So we thought we'd do it with a chain. So it was an Alice in Chains match last year. The problem was, another problem, it was a really fun match. But when we'd actually like done some training and planning and stuff, we got there, we got a really huge metal chain. And we were like, this is really difficult to work with. Uh, I don't know if you guys have like ever worked or something with like in a ring and how it's hard, but you had a big metal chain to that. You're adding a whole nother level of risk because if you land and take your regular bumps or falls, we land like slightly on this chain is really going to hurt you, mess you up, cut you up your sides in really different ways. Um, and not in good ways for wrestling either, because it's like wrestling, you want to do these big bumps, these big moves and stuff, which hurts you a little bit, but gets a big thing from the audience. Uh, tip for any rookie wrestlers out there thinking it's a good idea to wrestle with a chain you'll get really sore doing the things but you will not get the reactions from the crowd in the same way because they won't feel what you're they won't like be able to express what you're feeling but the chain is hard to look around and it hurts and we had it as like a dog collar as well so we had it around our necks it was fun uh, but a unique experience have you had would you any... say the chain was the hardest object I'm sorry guys Go ahead, Max. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Vic. Go ahead. I was going to just ask: Was the ch is the chain the hardest weapon you've been, ever been hit with, or if not, what's been the hardest weapon? The hardest weapon. I had a fans bring the weapons match, which we didn't like gimmick at all and like fill it in with our own things. We just said to the fans, "Bring whatever you want." We only had one thing: do not bring like a, a big fish from like a fish shop because that happened once and it stunk the canvas like so bad afterwards. <laughs> but somebody brought, so don't do that. Someone threw like a cake in my face and all that. But somebody had gone to the trouble of getting like a computer keyboard and gluing thumbtacks on each individual key sticking up. Oh, wow. And they took a photo of that and they put it on Instagram like the same day as the show. And they're like, this is what I'm bringing to the show. And I'm like, I hope I don't get hit for that. So under the show, like my opponent, he grabbed that from the person. He was like, "Yeah, this is great." And I like, I took it on the back, but that 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 sucked to take. That was not so much fun. <laughs> so a keyboard with thumbtacks glued over the top of it, like it hurt quite a bit. That was one of the weirdest things to take. So, have you had any serious injuries that were, you know, that you weren't able to wrestle? the next show or whatever uh, i've had a couple of like like back injuries where i've taken weird bumps and my back has got like a bit twisted whereby on doctor's orders uh, i haven't like wrestled the next show i might i could have done a lot of pain but i was able to work so i could be a manager instead um but i've had i've had weird injuries in like in matches um i had one whereby I was just taking a body slam. It was like a hell of a, like a match doing a lot of other things, big slams, smashing like through like with a bar and stuff, thrown through a table. But the body slam at the end to set up for a bigger move, I put my hand down in a weird way and my like pinky finger went and it was sideways like this. Oh. And I was like, this really can hurt. So... I went to the turnbuckle and I was like, I'm going to try and get the rope off the turnbuckle because that was the next spot. 
uh, after this one. And then people in the audience were looking at me and I was like, they were like looking like they were going to be sick. I got the thought, like my finger and I, and I pulled it back into position there. I was like, I'm just going to keep going on with the match and I'm tired the turnbuckle and did that. Continued with the match and afterwards it was like obviously broken really gnarly and I got it taped back together. But I was talking to some of my friends in the audience just after the show and I was like, they're getting a beer and they're like, that was really cool with wrestling. I was like, oh, it's a cool thing you did there. It's like, but how did you do this? I know like a lot of this is a bit, but how did I saw your finger like that? How did you like do that and get it back? Like, how did you do that trick? You know, how was it? I was like, dude, it wasn't a trick. My, <laughs> it was sideways, <laughs> a 90 degrees angle. Just yanked it back in. So that's the weirdest thing. It was like under a match, which then I, I recovered into it, but that took a few, uh, like a month or so after to recover, like from that, but it could keep wrestling, but just tape it up. But other than that, no, like, no, no major serious injuries. I got my, like, obviously, like most people, my, my bell rung a few times, but no, like, serious concussions in wrestling, like, to keep me out of it. But I've been through a fair, fair amount of tables. You're lucky. I mean, we hear stories all the time about people in their mid-30s be like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about retiring because, you know, knee problems, back problems, shoulder problems. You know? Yeah. I mean, the back, the back is like, is like an issue, but I try and, I try and train and like work out like in a smart way to keep good core strength, but the back is, is feeling a bit, but, uh, you know, fingers crossed, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. No match coming up this weekend. So I'll be heading, I'll be heading off to Malmö. If you guys know where that is, south of Sweden. So I'll be down at the south coast of Sweden this weekend. So what's some of your like more present goals in professional wrestling? Yeah, I want to wrestle in more countries in in Europe. I'd like to, because we've got, I mean, obviously you guys, the US and Canada, you've got like, you know, different towns or cities, but like just, you know, two countries and in Canada, lots of things all spread out. In Europe and like after the pandemic, because I mean, we had the pandemic, there was lockdown, people couldn't fly anywhere, people were at their homes, wrestling was kind of obviously over everywhere, everybody going through the same thing. So when everything was lifted and like now we can travel freely through these countries and these different places. Um, and now I've got like my Swedish passport as well, because I had a British one before, which was also after Brexit, hard to get to different places. So with those two things now being non-issues, I want to wrestle in more different countries uh, in Europe. So I've wrestled in in Finland, in Denmark, Sweden, in the UK, and uh, in Switzerland as well. But I want to add more countries uh, to the list to be like a proper like European traveled wrestler. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so on Instagram it is at Marcus of Man. It's all one word. Uh, on on yeah on Twitter as well you can find me that's MJ Shill, and then on Facebook it is it's just look for Marcus of Man, all one word. Uh, so yeah, so those are my socials. And what what events do you have coming up? Yeah, uh, this weekend I'll be coming up to I'll be going like going down to Malmo wrestling there. And then Stockholm wrestling we're going to have the uh, what's in a name match. Uh, for me and Shirtfash will be wrestling on the 11th of March in Stockholm. Uh, Freedom Pro Wrestling is coming up in May, also in Stockholm. Keep an eye out for a date for that one that's coming up. Then the UK, uh, I'll be wrestling for Mega Slam Wrestling. I'll put up the dates when I can confirm them for the summer. I'm looking for like a mini tour there, so keep your eyes out. 
And then in the autumn, when Mega Slam Wrestling is coming back to the Isle of Man, I'll be hopefully in a good position to uh, get a few wins under my belt and challenge for that Mega Slam title. So that will be coming up in October. So UK and Sweden, hopefully a trip back to Finland as well. But just uh, follow on the on social media and see where you can find me. Max, do you have any final questions or thoughts? Uh, my thought is God be with you on your journey and achieve your goal as champion. Oh, thank Get you, man. That it means a lot. Thank you. Definitely. When you win, when you win that championship, you definitely got to come back on and show it off. Definitely. Oh, I have to. Hey, I might win another one before then as well. I'll let you guys know. I've uh, got my eye on a few things. The Stockholm Wrestling uh, Championship isn't out of my reach yet. Let's see where I can find that one. And whatever links you also want me to share, just send them to me and I'll share them on my socials. Yeah, I will do that, mate. I will do that. All right. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. It has been a blast. The time has just flown by. It did fly Our by. Thank you for coming on. We wish you luck in your travels and yeah, definitely. We got to get you back on when you get some championship gold to show off. All right. Great stuff. Well, you guys have a great day. It's been uh, lovely to meet you guys. It's great to meet you. And thank you for everyone Take watching. Care, it's killing the business worldwide, and we are all out. Take care, sir. Bye-bye.